But it's just airplanes, so it's not, it's it's, not really no this is This is the best seat now. It's, it's got a runway in the front yard. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't we just see this happen someplace else? Propeller fell off. Is this a, is there an epidemic? Is this uh mm, No. So this is not the same incident, right? You know I, what I'm talking about I here? I don't know. Let's see what we got. Uh, a plane in Australia. I'm looking at, uh, what am I looking at? Fortune.com. Oh, another one of our favorite aviation magazines. Um, Fortune, apparently the, the financial magazine. A plane in Australia made an emergency landing after its propeller fell off. Yeah, we've, we've seen this pic. We've seen this movie. That we, we, this is the same this one? Is, this is, I don't know that we talked about it, but this is not new. This is Saab 340 in Australia, lost a prop. Uh, we've, heard, we've seen this movie. All right. So, well, it's dated March 17. Yeah, we've done a podcast since then. Yeah. But, okay. Well, maybe we did talk about it. I don't remember. I don't, I, I don't remember. I, I don't. No, well, no, no. Maybe no. we didn't. No, no, no. I, no. You I, know I what it was? The one we talked about was the guy who had, was shooting video from his cockpit, all right? And he had an engine failure. And he couldn't oh, figure that, out why. Yeah, that was months ago. Yeah, it was a while back, yeah. right? And he, and he couldn't figure out why his engine, engine wasn't developing This power. is not that one. And, and it, was all, all of a, it wasn't until he landed that he realized that he didn't have a right. prop anymore. It was a great, right? great shot of him standing in front of the airplane, scratch, <laughs> literally scratching yes. his head. Yes, yeah. Where's my propeller? So now this, uh, this uh, uh, a regional jet of some sort. Let's it's see. It's a Saab 344. Turbo prop. Because regional jets don't normally lose props. Yeah, you would. Yeah, um, and this is a twin, right? Two engines. Yes, one on either side. Okay, so they lost a prop um, in flight, and I would imagine that was a little bit more dramatic, dramatic and obvious situation. And um, that that doesn't happen all that often on PW one hundred yeah. engines. They usually stay. Props usually stay with the airplane all the way through the trip. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the prop was. Tired. I don't know. <laughs> I was tired. <laughs> so I have a couple of things about this. First, of, the first thing that caught my attention was the terminology here, and it is like non-aviation journalists. So what do they know, right? But they characterize it multiple times in the story as the propeller fell off, which I think is not. Yeah, that just that's not the that doesn't really describe it effectively to me. I don't think it just fell off. Well, would you prefer departed the airframe? I, yes. I mean, it probably went shooting, right? I mean, chances are this thing like zoomed ahead of the Well, I have a number aircraft. of questions. I mean, did it come off in one piece? I, I did, well, did it did it disintegrate on the on the shaft? What was the failure mode? There's all kinds of questions. Apparently, it came off in one piece. Yeah, from, yeah, from that's the, the way it reads. Right, and, the and they found it. Yeah, the propeller dislodged from the aircraft just at the end of the flight. Dislodged is not a word I would use. No. Yeah, well, no. like I said, the wording is unusual here. It's just like it doesn't doesn't quite bring to mind the images that I I would associate it, with this kind of an incident. It's, we're uh, getting we're getting into micro semantics here. It, it no, 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 off, no. We're, fell off is accurate. We're, in that it departed. The engine. I, I, love, I would have I love, used the words flew off because as fast as it was spinning, yeah. when it left, it was going that yeah, away. Right, right. I, I love this paragraph. Though. What's that? It says, the country's Transport Safety Bureau is investigating the incident. That's fine. It's all well and good. And plans to interview those on board. Well, what, what are the passengers going to tell him? I mean, dude, you know, the propeller fell off. Can I go now? Yeah, well. um, um, three investigators will examine the aircraft uh -huh. and analyze flight data to figure out what went wrong. Dude, the propeller came off. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the propeller came off. It's, it's like the old, you know, uh, the old um, um, joke about riding up squawks on the airplane. Number three engine missing. In response is, number three engine found after brief search. <laughs> 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 yeah. Okay. So now, now why, why did the propeller fall? Maybe the propeller shaft fractured and broke, and and maybe the assembly came off. I'm, well, that's kind of what I would any guess. time on the uh, Weather Channel program. Why planes crash? I I don't. Yeah, okay. No, because I know where you're headed. And as I look at that, and I can tell you why planes crash. Gravity is why planes crash. <laughs> yeah, okay. It's always the cause. I, I, now, the interim steps in between gravity taking over and ending the flight. Yeah. It, Application of sudden decelerative forces. Ooh, yeah, I like that. You've read way too many NTSB reports. <laughs> um, 
Yeah. No, I declined to watch that television show. I, I, uh, it just strikes me as being well, that it's going to make me angry. Occasionally, they will be doing one of their uh, one of their segments on a crash that I covered years ago. Oh, okay. And when they do well, that, really I, make you angry. Then you throw things at the TV, and no, it's generally pretty good because really? they've got ex NTSB guys and 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 safety investigators and analysts, real pros, that do the talking head part of it. And these recreated, you know, uh, CGI animated uh, scenes that kind of put you in where it happened as it happens. And those kind of give me a shudder. But generally, they're pretty on point. They're not like uh, PM Magazine saying, and the airplane stalled and crashed. Oh, wait, the engine stalled or the airplane stalled? All right. Well, Is there a difference? Maybe. Well, I'll only if you're in the middle of a stall. Maybe I'll give it a chance and watch it one of these times. I don't know. I anyway. So, all right. So the air, the air, the propeller fell off. We're okay with that. It fell off. No, I'm. Well, I, I don't know how else to. Dis- fell off. Flew off. It departed the airframe. Um, it was uh, one of those instances where the airplane air, was airplane, not going to fly again until airplane's it got propeller fails to make complete nonstop trip. <laughs> okay. Welcome, folks, to Uncontrolled Airspace, the General Aviation Podcast. I'm Jack Hodgson, and I'm, I'm and I've returned to the scene of the crime. Dun 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 dun. I have. I've can you do? Can we do the Law and Order? Ka-chunk, ka-chunk? Yeah, we can probably do that. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, I, I, I'm back here at the uh, at the Hidden River Home for Wayward Aviators, where I've been joined by my other uh, uh, Wayward Aviator, trust, yeah, Wayward Aviator. Um, hey, well, let, see, I don't know how to do this now. Spit it out, to, son. Spit well, it out. Did you like rehearse this no, or, or yeah, plan? Right. This? You, don't you know I always rehearse this? Um, no, no. First, I'm news gonna, to me. No, first I'm going to say hello to our host. All right, because Jeb has been very. Uh, one of my good friends here is uh, is uh, also from somewhere. I really should have written this down. Uh, somewhere yeah, maybe near you can just start from the top. Jeb Burnside. No, 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 no. We're, it, it, we're, we're, we're for better or worse. We're too we're far. Here. We're it going. hasn't we're going. changed since the last time we did this. Yeah, but it has changed because we're almost never all together before. Hi, Jeb. How you doing? I'm fine. Thank you for having us back. Thank you for being here. Yeah, and, and uh, we are uh, sitting here uh, out in here in your hangar. And, I, I'm, uh, I'm, I can't wait to you know uh, check you out on the lawnmower. I, one of these days, sure, we'll do that. We'll do that. Um, but uh, yeah, we're back here, and uh, it's—I've uh, been—I left just four or five weeks ago, and uh, but uh, summer seems like only yesterday. It's kind of taken hold here, and it's—it's uh, it's even more pleasant down here right now, and so that's pretty cool. Good. Um, but how are you doing? Anything going on since I last saw you? Since I oh, work, work, work. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, I've actually seen the bridge now. The bridge is the looking bridge, good. The bridge is looking good. The bridge yeah. is looking yeah. good. That's pretty cool. Uh, Has it made that much? progress since you were not here since you left but uh um we've got all the treads uh, yeah no it's a real bridge now is yeah you can walk across it without having to hold on there's no no tightrope walking walking or you know walking on the i-beams it's got to finish the railings and and do some detail work it's the the first half is done now it's the last half the the, 95 percent of it's done now it's the last five percent which will take about the same amount of time as the first 95 percent. now but when you said that there was a bird that was uh, was uh, 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 signing your bridge, he's, you weren't he's, kidding he's, he's marking my bridge. Boy, oh boy, yeah, I had yeah. visioned like a little, a couple of little, yeah. you know, no, not a couple little. I, I, I think he needs to reconsider his diet. <laughs> maybe he's got problems there. <laughs> maybe, maybe we should be concerned for the poor bird. Well, it got checked out by the piling inspector a couple of days ago. The... Uh... <laughs> What the bird eats is is if he, if the bird keeps on doing what he's been doing, what he eats is going to be the least of his worries. <laughs> yeah, right, all right. <laughs> Speaking of the poor bird, isn't that an awesome? I just it makes me laugh. Speaking of the poor bird, my other good friend is here. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, uh, also also here at the uh, home for Wayward Aviators. Uh, Wayward, Wayward Aviator Dave Higdon. Hi, David. How you doing? I'm going to start a ba- I'm going to start a website. <laughs> Badsegways.com. <laughs> yeah. Well. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Okay. You got a couple here. Hi, David. What's going on? Uh, decompressing for uh, I, for a couple of days. You do for, seem for, that way. We've we've been down here now for about two and a half days, a day and a half, something like that. And yeah, you seem. Um, like you're relaxing. It's he, he, the most relaxed things have been in, in quite a number of weeks. Uh-huh. And, and well, yesterday, 
it felt positively wrong that I wasn't humping to finish something for somebody somewhere. Oh, is that how you do it? Long, long-term loyal readers will know that and I frequently said something to the effect that I'm genetically capable, incapable of starting an airplane engine before noon local time. Well, there's a similar thing to be said for Mr. Higdon, but it has nothing to do with starting airplane engines. Yeah. So you're going to leave it at that, huh? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, okay, all right. All right. Pretty so, much. So we're hanging out here in the hangar, in the actual hangar. We're not often in the actual hangar. Yeah, we're in the we're hangar hangers. We're, we're hangar flying in the actual hangar and uh, and uh, kind of check out, see what's going on here in aviation. Of course, we're getting ready to go to Sun Info in a couple of days, um, and that'll be a whole thing unto itself. We'll talk about that. You know, I mean, listen to the, uh, the first UCAP daily, which will come out sometime soon, and uh, for, for more on, on what we expect for the show. But uh, um, that's coming up in a few days. What's going on in the world of aviation here? Let's see. You know, there's a list, believe it or not. Um, so, uh-oh, I put it on the I should never put the first thing on the list something that I put on the list because then I have to know something about what we're talking about here. Where'd it go? We're also we're, we're at the extreme range of Jeb's Wi-Fi here, so sometimes things don't pop up quite as quickly. NTSB issues investigative update on rejected takeoff runway excursion. Which one was this here? This was that sports team in what Detroit or okay Minneapolis or something. Yeah, and I don't, uh, don't Ypsilanti, Ypsilanti Willow Run Airport outside right. Detroit. I'm trying to remember why I thought this was notable. Why did I put this on the list? Does anybody know what's notable about this? They had a. I'll, I'll tell you what's notable. Telephone. Um, I'll tell you what's notable about it, which is um, um, the airplane, the, the propeller did not fall off. Okay, yeah. Uh, no. Um, this was, uh, I think, an MD-88, MD-83, something like that. Oh, okay. which is, is Oh, what, I know what's notable. Okay, go ahead. Yes. So, yeah. um, now this particular airplane, um, this particular design has um, separate elevators. The, the elevators yeah. are not. Don't do that. The elevators are not in Thank sync. You. <laughs> all, all radio, kinds of radio and microphone professionals yeah, here yeah. sometimes audio just doesn't capture everything that goes on <laughs> yeah, behind i know the right scenes. i don't know i'm not sure if the gopros are still running or not but yeah. that could go on the internet anytime <laughs> <laughs> there was an, it, a boeing md83 which is, continues to sound strange in my ear a here's, Boeing MD-83, but that's... Here, here's what I found no, notable about this. I now remember, all right? Um, I don't know if you have this on your screen or not. I don't. Right? But um, it, it, the, this NTSB update um, includes some photographs of the uh, problem airplane. And one of them shows a, a connector, uh, uh, connection, you know, part that uh, one of the con- flight surfaces, the control surfaces, is attached to the wing. And it's seriously bent, it's seriously like um, disformed, and this is not an incident that happened in flight. Right? This happened. They were taking off when they noticed the problem. Right. Hence right? the rejected right. and the rejected takeoff. Um, and then when they inspected the aircraft, they found this this uh, this uh, um, um, hinge. Of, or I don't think it's a hinge or a, or a push rod. It's, it's a, a linkage. A push rod linkage, and it's like bent at a ninety degree angle. I mean, it's it's really really bad. Yeah, it's, it's really odd. Um, and how do how does and my that was my question. This happened while the aircraft was on the ground, apparently, because or it happened. At very late stages of the previous landing, maybe I don't. I don't I, there's. Uh, we'll have to await uh, a better, uh, um, uh, better explanation of how it got bent. Um, I, I did read about this. Uh, I did read this uh, uh, press release when it came out, mm-hmm. and uh, 113 people on board. I think um, senior captain in the right seat. Uh, doing differences training for another cap, another senior captain in the left seat. Um, I think the guy in the left seat actually had more time in type than the right seater. Oh, uh, I remember that. Just yeah. the vagaries of of uh, who's the Czech airman kind of thing. Right. And um, um, V1, everything's fine. VR, everything's fine. And then they noticed a split between the two elevator surfaces. Mm-hmm. And that's when uh, they aborted the takeoff. And by this time, of course, they were past um, um, the point on the runway where they could stop on the runway. 
and ended up, uh, I think, a thousand feet beyond the right. end of the runway. Right. Uh, my recollection is there were no injuries. It just and, seems, yeah. I and, mean, it's just and, remarkable but to it's, me that it's it's it's. it's I, I think a, a good job was done by a great job was done by the crew. It seems that way. Yeah. Um, everybody got off without any injuries. That's a great thing. Um, we'll figure out why this linkage got bent. Um, you know, there's not too many ways that it could happen. Yeah. I, I just, you know. One, one of the things that jumped out at me is this, is that the depth of detail in the digital flight data recorder, because when they examined the flight data recorder data, they were able to determine from the from the <coughs> computer's storage that one elevator moved, the other one didn't, but the trim tab moved. Yeah. They record. They're recording all kinds of motions and yeah, and, and all and kinds parts. of granularity in, yeah, these, in these modern yeah. data recorders. Yeah, it's and really that, interesting. That's a pretty, pretty quick resolution to be able to read that and then go to the physical part and go, yep, that's why. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, this is it. The other thing that jumped out at me was this: uh, the carrier being Ameristar cargo mm-hmm. with 109 passengers. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, it's just operated by them. It's a, it's not. Yeah, I, mean, I don't think it's a cargo airplane. It's, it's no, a passenger it charter. It was configured for. Yeah. I just yeah. not used to hearing that yeah. combination. Yeah. I, it's, oh, is Ameristar wearing a well-known to, cargo carrier? It's new to me that Ameristar is running passenger ops. Oh, okay. Uh, in in MD eighty threes. Are they a charter? They're a regional cargo operator. Okay. Uh huh. But yeah. they they kind of graduated to one twenty one a few years ago. Okay, and yeah. I don't know if I don't know how many um, passenger charter aircraft they have. Yeah, the crew did a great job. The bloody if airplane. It's the same, got if, if it's the same company, I'm thinking of. Let's right. Put it that way. Just to read, they, it, I, I mean, they curious. got to 173 knots. I know. To your point, David. It. Yeah. To your point, let me read this paragraph from. This is from the NTSB update. Examination of the flight data recorder data indicates that during the taxi and takeoff roll, the left elevator moved normally, but the right elevator did not move. During takeoff roll, the left elevator began a large airplane nose-up movement, consistent with rotation, at an airspeed of about 152 knots, and continued for five seconds to about 166 knots. There was no change to the airplane pitch attitude during this time. The airplane data then are consistent with the takeoff being rejected. The maximum recorded airspeed was about 173 knots. Uh-huh. So, uh, Which is, not coincidentally, about 199.5 miles per hour. Okay. You did that in your head. Just no, like. I just know that 174 knots is 200 miles an hour. Ah, very good. Well, okay. And they got to their magic number where the nose was supposed to be coming up and the nose wasn't coming up. And yeah. somebody on the flight deck went, not this trip. Abort, and, abort, abort. And here we yeah. go. We're yeah. off into the weeds. Yeah. Slam the engines into reverse thrust. They're aborting on the at 173 knots. Um, I think everybody did a great job. It's over 200 miles an hour. Right at it. They were screaming. Yeah. Very cool. But uh, it'd be interesting to see what they discover caused that damage because it's kind of odd to have not happened in flight if it didn't happen in flight. Time will tell. Uh, what's next here? Um, David, a, uh, a, a helicopter tangled with a kite. Is that what happened here? Oh, the helicopter crashed down on the Caymans. Yeah. Do they think apparently it, it got tangled with some kite line. Which restricted the, the crew's ability to change the rotor pitch. Uh-huh. Didn't slow down the rotors, but hampered their control authority. Man. Okay. And we're, this is in Caymans. This is not in the U.S. This is. Uh, yeah, this was in, at Owen Roberts. Uh, they landed at Owen Roberts International Airport. Mm-hmm. An inspection found that a length of line had become wrapped around the. Rotor head of the helicopter, which could have potentially restricted the control blades and caused a fatal accident, which fortunately in this case it did not. Mm-hmm. Um, do they, not to say that this kind of thing couldn't happen in the U.S., but I've always had the impression that we've got pretty strict rules about people flying kites. Although it's a helicopter, so it wasn't necessarily near an airport, right? Right. Yeah. Okay. So you could, a helicopter could tangle with a kite. And, and flying kites off the, you know, particularly Seven Mile Beach in uh, Grand Cayman is a very popular pastime for uh, tourists and locals alike. Well, I, th- I think obviously it's time for 
kite registration and licensing of <laughs> kite operators. You think? Is that, and, is that and so? while we're at it, you know, let's put ADSB on these things. Put ADSB on the kite. Now I think you're on to something. I'm serious. Man, once again, we are at the forefront of aviation innovation here. Um, all right. Well, is that all there is? Is just, you know, you know, be careful if you're flying kites or be careful if you're flying helicopters, I guess, is the... Is the uh, yes, is the, is the answer. Yeah. Well, the kite string's going to be kind of hard to see from a helicopter. No. They got to have lights on them, don't they? <sighs> Not on the line. Yeah, I know. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm just... I. I I'm still having trouble trying to figure out how the rotors just didn't trying make to, mince meat of this whole thing and, and and move on. Yeah, um, I, I just work here. Continues to be a lot of fun activity growing in the uh, UCAP forums these days. Uh, if you haven't been in the forums in a while, you're you're missing out some stuff. Um, one subject that came up in the forums uh, recently, David, was people were asking for a report on your uh, on your build, on your Sonics. Um, and, and I pointed out to people that we've been talking about this occasionally in the after show, but if you're not a reward level uh, patron, you haven't been hearing the after show. So why don't you give uh, everybody else a quick update on where you are with your airplane? Well, uh, I have finally started to make some regular progress on the uh, airframe parts that I need to finish. Uh, and now it completed ailerons. They were the first things that got done. Both flaps are done. And the weekend before last, I pulled out all the tail, uh, tail hardware parts and pulled them out and scattered them around on the table and turned to those pages on the blueprint. And that's where I stopped. But the uh, tail parts are the last remaining airframe parts that I have to build. Mm -hmm. And because of how much advanced work Sonex does on its tail kits, like most companies do with their tail kits, uh, I expect this to go together pretty quickly. Uh -huh. And uh, my goal is I get back from this trip uh, uh, second week of uh, April, and my goal is to... Uh, have this wrapped up, the tail pieces wrapped up before the 1st of May so that I can start to uh, uh, actually work on assembling other parts of the airplane. Mm -hmm. uh, and while it's sun and fun, I'm hoping to dip my nose into a couple of workshops uh, that are uh, applicable to the next steps that I need to uh, take, like wiring the airplane, uh -huh. getting the wings wired for uh, recognition, strobe, and landing lights, and... Uh, and do a little shopping for avionics at Lakeland, but it's coming across, coming along better, thankfully. Uh, right, you I've started to get my uh, work life more under control, mm -hmm. so that I've got more free time to uh, head over to the shop and. Uh, Still not making any predictions, but right. I think that's. Wise. I'm beginning to feel more confident that I can get this finished in my lifetime. Okay, well that's a good thing. Glad to hear it. You looked like you were going to say something, Jeb. Can you say tailpiece on a on a PG podcast? Uh, you you can, but you have to say it in a, with a particular tone of voice, and uh, then you're okay. Okay. Yeah, I'm I'm good with that. All I just right. Want to make okay. sure we're not violating some taboo. Also in the forums, uh, responding to uh, the last episode, uh, so-called Rookery, um, UCAP 425, um, Jarhead Pilot 82 uh, uh, responds, and he says, I have one word to describe the concept of circular runways. He says, unforgiving. <laughs> he said, uh, Dave described it well when he said that for takeoff, you would have to start with a tailwind and then transition through a crosswind to be at headwind by the time you were at rotate speed. Um, at least, I never thought about that. I was always thought about the landing issues, but the takeoff issues are fairly gnarly as well um, with a circular runway. Um, he says uh, he says that every approach would be like flying through a low-level wind shear advisory. Yikes, he says. Um, he says yeah, this, uh, this idea came around, I think it, I talked about this the last time it was a subject uh, was uh, actually tried uh, either immediately before or early in World War II. Mm -hmm. And there was a uh, round runway built out in western Kansas where they tried this with uh, B-17s and then B-29s coming off the line at Boeing, Wichita. And they didn't spend a lot more time on it, went back to straight runways at different angles to handle different crosswinds and let it go. And 
lest anybody get confused, this is we're not talking about anything like the curved descent, continuously curved descent approach as a different type of pattern flying. This is a runway, a circular runway, where the theory was you could start at a position that when you reach rotation speeds, you would be straight into the wind, and then you'd land into that wind, and as you slowed down, you'd be in the crosswind. And the theory sounds good, and in tailwheel airplanes in particular, it did not work out to their expectations. And I don't see it working out a whole lot better with tricycle gear airplanes because they tried it with the B-29s too, and that's a tricycle gear airplane, mm-hmm. so, yeah. which has a tremendous takeoff roll when I, loaded. I don't even know why we're discussing this. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, no, and I, one last thing, though, that Jarhead Pilot says, uh, he says, he says uh, well, it would be a bad idea unless the runway itself was on rollers and you always landed in a headway headwind uh, on the runway moved underneath you hmm. now see this takes us back to something we talked about a bunch of episodes ago if the if the r- circular runway were on rollers and thus was kind of like a turntable obviously the airplane would never be able to take off because there would be beneath no <laughs> no no mythbusters <laughs> destroyed that myth uh and I believe they might have done it. Well, I know they did it with an ultralight. I was thinking they might have done <laughs> it with did. James Weeby's airplane, but I'm they did. Just what they did with James Weeby's airplane was masking tape. Right, right. James Weeby was masking tape. Another ultralight, or, or, or yeah. uh, uh, this was a different ultralight. Yeah. And the problem with that theory is you're mistaking. No, I know. we don't need to go back there. I know. We the don't drive even, wheels. Yeah, no, no, you're right. I There's no just, drive wheels on airplanes. I was making a joke. Uh, what's next here? Um, a little it, bit of... Uh, it, it's thrust or bust. Thrust thrust or bust. Thrust or bust. Oh, I like that. That's kind of... Yeah, okay. Like, All right. All right. <clears throat> what do we got here? Um, a bit of podcast business here. Um, mentioned a minute ago that the uh, forums are, are heating up. And uh, we did some some software maintenance to the forums as well recently, and we we made a couple changes to the way that um, you have to read if you're if you're not already signed up and you want to register for a, to for a uh, the ability to post things in the forums, um, we changed the way that works. And uh, Jeff, who takes care of all that stuff, asked me to make an announcement that uh, that if anybody is out there who has tried to register for the forums in the last could be even six months, um, and 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 never succeeded in concluding that that registration um, we ask you to, to try again to go back in and register again um, and uh, it, the system should be working more smoothly now uh, for a while it involved um, you receiving a confirmation email which you then had to reply to and so forth and so on and uh, that was to guard, to protect ourselves from spammers um, and we've now temporarily at least for the time being fingers crossed we turn that off to make it a little bit easier to sign up for the forums and uh, um, you know we'll see whether or not we get attacked by spammers again but uh, anyways if you uh, if you want if you think you signed up but never got concluded the process try again please um, and and if it ultimately gives you a hard time send us an email send an email to uh, jacket at uncontrolled airspace.com and uh, we'll figure out what's going on maybe that's been my problem yeah that and so many other things What's next? What's next? Uh, David, what's this piece you put on the... I know you guys put these things on a little while ago. Uh, uh, it's an individual decision to call or not. Does, I think you're alluding here to the Harrison Ford... Uh, uh, yeah, we talked about that. ...taxiway landing, but is there new information here? There, there is a little well, there, bit There of, is some new information. Because some of the radio uh, stuff came out, and uh, we heard uh, Harrison Ford responding to the tower, and... Uh, um, well, we got the what became available was uh, audio and transcript from his phone call to the tower. Oh, that's oh, I didn't know that part. Okay, um, where he introduced himself as as he says, "I'm the schmuck who landed on the taxiway." That's a quote, I believe. Yeah, that's the quote. Which, yeah. which I don't know. I I take that as being somewhat contrite, and it's like you know, I'm I'm a jerk, and, and uh, I, I again, he continues to be okay. I mean, it was a mistake, it was a foolish mistake, but I'm not. I don't have a problem with Harrison Ford in this thing. How about you guys? Let he who's flown more than a month without making a mistake somewhere somehow throw the first aileron. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. 
No, no ailerons flying by. Okay. Okay. What's next here? This is. We do this out here. It's very nice to sit here with you guys and just chat. All right, but it's there's no there's no urgency. There's it, no sense of urgency. Well, you think it. that's what? I guess that could be part of the problem. It's just such a different environment. All right, it's like, um, you know. Well, well, while we're kind of taking a semi break here. Oh, you're going to take a break. All right. Hi, this is Jack. We here at Uncontrolled Airspace are very grateful for the financial support we receive from our listeners. There are two simple ways that you can contribute to this podcast. You can make a one-time, non-repeating donation by using PayPal. It doesn't need to be very much. As little as 10 or $15 is a big, big help. Or you can make an automatically repeating per-episode pledge with Patreon. With the online service Patreon.com, you can pledge as little as $1 per episode, put limits on your per-month contribution, and change or cancel your pledge at any time. For more information about how you can support this podcast in one of these ways, see the Uncontrolled Airspace homepage and the box in the right-hand column labeled Tip Jar. That will take you to a page with details on both these support methods. Thanks. Okay, we're back from a brief break. We are back from a brief break here, and uh, I don't know what's next here. What's next? Hang it's on. It's good I... to be back after such a long well, we, time. We talked away. about Harrison Ford. Yeah. David, you said we noticed this too and agree with AOPA. Yes, we do. What is it we agree with AOPA about? Well, we we touched on this some time back that there were, had been some NTSB uh, final reports, probable cause reports, where they seemed to speculate that because they hadn't found something definitive in the airframe, the engine, uh, continuity of controls, so on and so forth, that they suspected that there might have been some medical cause behind the accident and then presented no evidence to support the speculation, which is uh-huh. kind of unusual for the NTSB to speculate in a probable cause finding unless they've got something concrete to point toward, even if it's not definitive. Right. They say, well, we we don't know for sure, but we have this evidence, and if you eliminate everything else, we think that's probably what happened. In these cases, there were no offerings of uh, backup for the speculation that a, a medical element had been involved. There's no evidence. And yeah. Well, how have they in the past characterized the, the, the probable cause when they were stumped? Unknown reasons. Uh, is, that, is that terminology they use? Unknown causes, unknown reasons. Uh-huh. Um, pilot lost control of the airplane and crashed for unknown reasons. Yeah, okay. And, that, and, and you're saying that they're now going beyond that and specula- now speculating without any evidence mm-hmm. um, that um, at least in there's one recent instance I'm trying to find here. Um, yeah, that it was medical causes, medical in, in, in incapacitation. I mean, autopsies have been a, a regular feature of these accident investigations for as long as I can remember. So it's one thing if an autopsy shows that the guy may have had a, a, a medical event like a heart attack or mm-hmm. a stroke or something like that. Even if the autopsy wasn't definitive, that was something that they could point toward. And, and, mm-hmm. Or something in the guy's history that pointed toward something that was not completely supported by the autopsy, but was there, and they would talk about that, but we don't have enough evidence to conclude that conclusively. Okay. And in these cases, they were saying, well, we didn't find anything else. We think it could have been a a medical event. Well, it incited no evidence, and that's what the AOPA has kind of gotten its hackles up, and I agree with them. the the one thing that always made covering the NTSB for me when I was in Washington a, a, a real treat was knowing that these guys were scientists, detectives uh, who honed in on finding a reason why an accident happened 
and not dialing it back to a Sherlock Holmes line alone where if you've eliminated the impossible, whatever remains must be what happened. If they didn't have evidence behind some conclusion, they said so. And mm-hmm. they wouldn't cite a conclusion that they couldn't support with concrete data and concrete evidence. And this kind of disturbed me to see this because it start, seemed like it started to come along after we got basic med rules published oh. and these accident reports coming out after the uh, uh, notice setting up the starting point, May 1, of, of basic med. Well, that's a little bit sinister, what you're suggesting there. That I'm not suggesting the cause and effect. It just bothered me, the juxtaposition of the two. Uh-huh. Uh, so you don't think they're connected? It, it, you think it, it's unfortunate that the two would happen at the same time? I think it's unfortunate. I don't have any evidence that they're connected. Okay. Uh, and, but just the fact that they would speculate is so out of character for a National Transportation Safety Board investigation that their final findings would be speculative in nature is very out of character. Uh Have the speculations that we've noted so far been all medical speculations or are they other things? Well, the two that got my attention were both medical speculations. Jeb? I would agree that um, the ones that got my uh, attention, uh, and I can't find it here while we're talking, but I will find it. was basically as Dave describes. There's no evidence um, of any specific reason for the airplane to have crashed, and I think the word "speculate" was used in the report. Um, but they they t- tended to ascribe it to medical incapacitation when there's no evidence of that. And I agree that it's an it's an alarming coincidence that um, this has arisen um, at a time when. Uh, general aviation is really trying to to minimize the the um, the impact of uh, medical regulation on operations. Um, there's no good reason for it either. I don't understand why um, someone would do that. Um, I don't I don't get it. Uh-huh. And, and you know it, it, it's 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 a given. Once in a while, an accident investigation is not going to reveal the smoking gun that you know we we like to see because we like to see definitive conclusions to these investigations. We everybody wants to know why. Mm-hmm. But there have been accidents over the years where they they couldn't find a cause. And they closed the investigation, uh, basically saying, we didn't find anything. The engine worked. The airframe controls were there. Uh, For whatever reason, the engine stopped. We couldn't find it because the engine ran. Or for whatever reason, it went out of control. We can't find because the controls were all intact. There was integrity between the control input and the control surfaces or evidence that there there was continuity until impact, and they can tell the difference between something that broke before the crash and something that broke because of a crash. And uh, so I I hope this is like an unusual pair of events and that we don't see this become Mm -hmm. a pattern because the... uh, there, there were attempts back in the 80s to get the NTSB to be more responsive to concerns of the industries that are involved in this. Sometimes it was an airframe manufacturer, sometimes it was an engine, uh, sometimes it was a pilot group. And one administration tried to place a couple of people on the safety board that would push it in that direction, only to find that they couldn't get anywhere with that idea with the other members of the board or with the professional staff. And the bulk of this work is done by the professional staff. Mm-hmm. And these guys take, and women take great pride in, in their, their professionalism and in working hard to find the facts mm-hmm. from which they can start to eliminate things as a cause yeah. until they get down to something that must be. And- and once in a while, it's not going to happen. And to speculate on anything beyond that without evidence to back it up, 
uh, it's not going to improve the NTSB's reputation, and it's not going to make things better for the people who fly airplanes right. in terms of having right. confidence that they're being told this happened and you need to avoid this. Yeah. I liked, I liked the, the words you used earlier. You described NTSB as scientists and detectives. And, yeah. Uh, um, and, and, and I don't know. I, I want to say that speculation is not out of place as part of the investigation. Sometimes you speculate in order to, you know, kind of come up with possible scenarios, which you then test. And, exactly. All right. Um, in order, but, but speculation as part of the probable cause finding is, does, does seem out of place to me as well. Jeb, you seem deep in thought here. Are you reading anything interesting? No, I'm. I'm. I'm I came across one of these accident reports recently, and I'm mm-hmm. trying to find it. And I ha- I'm not having a whole okay. lot of luck. All right. Um, but in, in, I don't know. Maybe I'm, I'm old, too, too much old school, or or uh, spend too much time reading accident reports. But uh, um, the one thing, and there have been questions there have been you know the occasional conspiracy theory kind of thing out there but over the years um, in the years that I've been paying attention to the NTSB they've always st- tried to be impartial they've always tried to be factual and scientific mm-hmm. in their in their conclusions and um, they've got a reputation for that a well-earned reputation for impartiality mm-hmm. and trying to find exactly what happened uh, I would hate to see it tarnished yes yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Have they responded to AOPA's? Not to my knowledge. Yeah. No. They've they've commented in uh, Member Hart, who was in, was chairman when some of this started. Uh, he uh, responded to uh, inquiries from uh, AOPA's president, uh, Mark Baker, and this article from AOPA has the two specific accident reports that were the ones that bothered me has links to them and uh, the uh, just the change in in practice yeah with yeah you know, if there's if there's no evidence, there's no evidence, and you you, you can't yeah. push it off. No, to, well, there could have been this event that would have left no evidence, and leave it hanging out there. Uh, so I'm hoping that this was a passing, uh, passing uh, practice that has been called out and will not occur again. Yeah. Yeah. Just a couple more things. We're kind of reaching the end of our. We're not necessarily necessarily reaching the end of the allotted time, but we are reaching the end of our our our, our created list. Um, a little bit out of order on the list here, real quickly. Um, I want to uh, send our condolences. This is a sad story um, about the American Airlines flight where the first officer. Um, was the victim of some sort of medical event while they were flying final and uh, and apparently died uh, while the, they were flying down final and the uh, captain um, by all measures did a great job of of uh, well it must have been just an incredible situation um, you know it's a little bit of a handful as I understand it to fly this airplane single pilot to begin with and to have the stress of a of a stricken you know co-pilot sitting next to you and 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 possibly the that co-pilot thrashing i don't know what might have happened you just can imagine all kinds of yeah. possibilities so uh, you know um, our, our condolences to the to the the airline family and to the first officer's family um and and our, our kudos to the captain for doing a good job to fly the airplane and get this airplane on the ground um I don't know if there's anything you guys want to add. The question that this brings to my mind is whether or not you guys have ever had a passenger stricken, this kind of thing. You know, I mean, talk about fly the airplane. I mean, this is just maybe the the ultimate example of of when you need to fly the airplane. If you've got somebody on board who's who is troubled somehow, some way, you know, and. Uh, I had, I mean, and my, the only example I can bring deep to the table from my experience is a very, very trivial one. Um, it was simply, I had a passenger on board one time who was just, she was excited. She was having a good old time. She was really, really thrilled by, by riding in this airplane. And she was like twisting and turning in the right seat. 
and she inadvertently or inadvertently she bumped the yoke and she pushed the yoke kind of forward a bit right you know and, and the airplane kind of did a little thing and i said stop it don't do that you know and so we had a little talk and she calmed down and uh, and that was a momentary fleeting thing can you imagine if you had a passenger i mean i don't know have you ever had a passenger who was like frightened to the point of panicking? i've not had one who was endangering the flight yeah no. yeah uh, thankfully i've had sick passengers just nauseated yeah uh, which can be a, certainly a distraction to the pilot. Um, I've had uh, a young passenger who um, had her mother on the airplane um, who expressed some fears, mm-hmm. ex- expressed discomfort. Okay. And, uh, well, I can fix the snot out of that and turn right back around and land it. Mm-hmm. And uh, that episode was concluded. Um I don't, I don't, uh, you know, as far as, again, endangering the flight, endangering the aircraft now. Yeah. David? Had people get nauseous and have to hand out the six sack to them, uh, but was on the ramp at an airport uh, a number of years ago when this family took off, dad's pilot, mom, two little kids, and took off in a... V-35B, Bonanza, and headed out, and they were headed to Missouri to visit family, and Dad started to get nauseous and cold sweats, so he turned back and landed, and I can't mention any names here, but... Statute of limitations is well, probably... The guy, the guy was one of those males who feels like only guys like him can do things. So he insisted on driving back to town, and about a mile from their house, he had to pull over because he was having a heart attack. And we saw him about six months later, and the heart attack was a real mild thing. They put a stent in. He went through, got a special issuance, and he was back. And my Annie was talking to the lady about that because she was on the ramp that day with me too and asked the, 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 the wife, had she ever taken a pinch hitter's course? Had she ever taken any duel? Oh, uh, no, he wouldn't have that. I'm not supposed to touch anything and move anything. And, mm-hmm. and I'm thinking, okay, the guy's had one heart attack. And, and and Annie, being not so shy as she was, says, did you talk to your husband about getting some duels so you could land the airplane if this happened again? Yeah, I talked to him. He's like, oh, this is too complicated for you to learn, blah, blah, blah. He said, I, I don't get to drive unless he's, he's not going. It's that kind of household. Where, where in Saudi Arabia were you at the time? <laughs> yeah, I know. And what? I'm like, what, what a maroon. I mean, wife and two little kids that could die because he's obstinate about letting his wife learn how to manipulate the mm-hmm. controls, put the wheels down and land. And Annie got a couple of hours of duel every year mm-hmm. just because, uh, and she went through the pitch hinder course here the first time we flew down to uh, Sun and Fun in the, in the Cherokee. And she came back, man, and she is like fired up. She goes, man, I know so much more now. And she'd already taken about seven hours of duel. And uh, because part of the pinch hitter course was recognizing when the other person flying the airplane is having a problem. Not just what to do when, but recognizing that mm-hmm. there's something happening and you need to intervene to save your own life. So... Uh, when I see something like this, it's like it's part of the brilliance of a two-man crew or two-officer crew. When I start hearing about one-man crews because the robot can take care of everything else, I go, until the one-man crew crashes and the robot's waiting for the answer to a question that's not going to come. And then I was like, no, I don't think so. Not with yeah. 109 people in the back. Yeah. But... Anytime I take somebody flying, they know how to unlatch the door. They know how to turn off the ignition before we move. Mm -hmm. They know how the door latches, how it unlatches, that if something goes haywire, uh, 
if I start to look under the weather, don't be shy and say, are you okay? Maybe we should like land right there and be done with it mm-hmm. rather than push it and put at risk innocent lives sure. out of ego. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I just don't get it. And I know a number of pilots who feel that way about their significant others, and they're not all men about their wives. Some of them are women about their husbands. It's like, no, no, uh, I don't really want him or her because doesn't handle complicated things very well or whatever the excuse is like that's just dumb i'm sorry yeah they okay. need to have a chance to it is. to live yeah last item on the list here uh jeb you put this on there is the faa doing what we want is what you write on the list and you refer to this article by john zimmerman yeah um what's me, going on here let me bring it up um is this sporty's john zimmerman ah cool yeah, I I don't know John's uh, premise. I mean, a reason for for writing this, but uh, um, everybody loves, of course, to bash the FAA and and government agencies generally. But in recent years, um, we don't have a whole lot to complain about with the FAA. I mean, mm-hmm. we've got yeah. Everybody would like you know. <clears throat> to turn the key and, and everything, the, the birds would sing, the sun would shine, and we'd have severe clear, and we wouldn't have any rules or, or medical certificate requirements mm-hmm. or, or uh, pesky annual inspections and things like that. Um, we're not going to get that. But on, on, on a lot of fronts, the FAA has been very responsive to the needs of the general aviation industry. And John Zimmerman at Sporties, he's um, – uh, president or, or um, um, high-level muckety-muck. Right, pretty with, senior with, guy. With Hal yeah. Shavers. Yeah. Um, list of five things uh, in uh, Airfax Journal um, that he thinks are uh, uh, welcomed reforms, uh, um, welcomed not only because they're here, uh, but because the industry asked for them, and, and the FAA has been responsive. So there's the, the long-awaited Part 23 uh, rewrite, which is uh, – uh, scheduled to become law, I believe, August 30. Um, and then there's uh, um, supplemental avionics, where we started this uh, it's three or four years ago now, where um, the rules were, were relaxed for installation of uh, angle of attack mm-hmm. indicators mm-hmm. in uh, fixed-wing aircraft. Um, AOAs in some aircraft are required, mm-hmm. uh, turbojet aircraft, for example. Uh, in in uh, smaller airplanes, piston power airplanes, they're not required. They're not part of the flight instrumentation system. Mm-hmm. But installing them as advisory equipment um, can uh, help prevent loss of control accidents. Um, ADSB. Uh, while you know some people might think that that's a really bad example of things that the FAA is doing for us, there's this little $500 rebate program. Yeah that the FAA created in conjunction well, with the assistance of uh, the Aircraft Electronics Association. And I, I, the FAA's never done anything like that mm-hmm. in, in the past. Um, and I'm not sure any other agency has done anything like that in the past. Um, so that's something that they didn't have to do and went out of their way to try to make work, and it is working. Um, obviously, uh, basic med is a, is a fourth example. Um, it didn't come out the way a lot of people wanted it. That's not necessarily the FAA's fault. If you go back and look at the history, right? Um, the legislation uh, telling the FAA to do this had certain specific requirements in it, which the FAA has implemented in their regulation in their basic med regulation. Uh, so it's not exactly the FAA's fault that this didn't come out like some people wanted. Uh, and then finally, uh, and I'm I'm not an expert on on this by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but the commercial drone industry. Um, here's an industry that literally popped up overnight. Um, and while, again, there, there's a lot of reasons, and, and, and I'm, again, I'm not up, and there may be a lot of reasons to complain about these regulations and the way they're implemented. Um, no one can complain that, they're, that they don't know what to expect. Mm-hmm. They don't know what to do. Yeah. So some pat on the back. To the yeah, I, mean, you know, I just thought it was an interesting uh, uh, interesting article by John, and uh, um, um, it, it's it's great to be bashing the FAA all the time, but every now and then you have to stop and sit back and think, hey, you know, it could be a lot worse. Well, they used it to, has been a lot worse. Yeah. 
the the bikers that I used to ride with years ago, we all had the same patch on our on our Levi's jackets. Said when we do wrong, or when we do right, no one remembers. When we do wrong, no one forgets. And there's some of that I think that we've burdened the FAA with over the years. When they've done some good stuff for us, they haven't gotten necessarily commensurate credit for the, what they've done right. And the things that they've done wrong, even after they've corrected it, we still beat them up about it. But John's piece here points out five areas where they've made progress, some with congressional help, a, a lot of it with just nothing but industry encouragement uh, and improved the world for general aviation pilots. The uh, the uh, equipment change rules, the change in the ADSB installation requirements from an STC on every airframe, that always was one of those. The guy that made that decision has never been around airplanes. I could, just can't conceive of that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the uh, non-required equipment, the safety enhancement, the... Uh, Easing up on uh, approving experimental s systems for uh, certificated aircraft because they bring an improvement to the party. Mm -hmm. That's all good stuff. And those items in particular came with a lot of urging from EAA in particular and AOPA. But Congress didn't have to hold a gun to their head for those to get done. Uh, medical reform, well... That one came under the force of nature. Yeah, they, they got dragged into it, but they once they were told what to do by Congress, they did it, and there's been no foot dragging. Yeah. And it looks like they're going to implement this thing on an on a, uh, even basis. And mm -hmm. bless his heart, Senator Inhofe is back with another bill to— He does uh, have another one, yeah. To, uh, <laughs> He's shaking his head. To uh, further yeah. improve on the pilot's bill of rights, so— there are some things we shouldn't describe. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but there's well, no, no question, with, without the senators nudging, pushing, building cajoling. a coalition, this, we'd still be talking to how the FAA and the DOT were dragging its feet on uh, third-class medical reform, and the most that we would have gotten would have been the light sport treatment for airplanes up to a certain weight and horsepower but you could still only carry two people regardless right. of the number of seats so what we got out of this particular measure sign me up head and shoulders more liberal than i ever dreamed it would be mm -hmm. i agree yeah shout outs there's, there's actually nothing on the you're going to think they're on the list the things that look like shout outs on the list aren't really shout outs but they could be i suppose but and uh but uh i don't have any shout outs today uh, I could I could uh, ad lib one here. Yeah, uh, go first to Jeff Ward and the work that he's been doing Absolutely. for us to uh, here, here. improve the state of the art. And uh, second, I won't see him until tomorrow. But preemptively and proactively, shout out to all the volunteers at Sun and Fun. Yeah, that are already over there, and many of them over there for weeks already, getting things set up and rolling, and the grounds in shape. For all the work they're about to do, we salute you. Absolutely. Jeb, anything you want to throw in here? Those who are about to rock, we salute you. Um, no, I would echo uh, uh, special thanks to all the volunteers at Sun and Fun. Uh, thanks to Dave S. for letting us hang out at the, at the radio station mm -hmm. and uh, trying to stay out of the way. Um, along the way, that other air show up the road, the one that's... It's yeah. later in the summer. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the notum is out. The notum is the out. The notum is out. So you could do the whole Steve you Martin. You the finished. new phone book's here. The new phone yeah, book's here. We haven't finished flying into Lakeland yet, and we're already learning how to fly into Whitman. There you well, go. Well, I, I, I had an uh, email from EAA uh, yesterday telling me how many days it was till uh, Oshkosh opened up yeah, and you get your tickets now. Yeah, and I, I suspect in... Uh, Sometime in July, Sun and Fun will have some press releases about looking forward to their 2018 event and, and, and things like that. I certainly would at this yeah. stage. Well, personally, I'm looking forward to the return to Camp Bacon. 
You guys had a good time. You, you, I, I think you were a little dubious about Camp Bacon before you got the experience, and I think you both had a good time at Camp Bacon. Well, I was there for we were both there for almost a week. Yeah, and, uh, and Jeb, you were there for a few days the year before as yeah, well. Yeah. I was there for a couple of nights the year before. So, um, yeah, it's it's kind of a new home away from home. We have to, I have to, uh, I. Um, Larry Overstreet, where's my camping gear? <laughs> I don't, I don't a, know. I left all my camping now, gear behind. The, there is a comparable encampment at Sun and Fun uh-huh. that they call Camp Radioactive. And uh-huh. uh, Camp Radioactive, and 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 uh, Larry Overstreet is one of the anchors right, of that right. as well. That's all right, right. and uh, and a, a visit every year. So a big shout out to uh, Camp Radioactive, where a lot of uh, volunteers from the radio station and uh, friends of 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 theirs, you know, are are. Camp you friends the podcast and so that's radioactivity right. and bacon both over the years have been linked to cancer. <laughs> so should we should we just you know kind of go for broke here and, and the next one would be Camp Carcinogen? <laughs> okay, all right. All right. Well, thank you very much, boys. I really appreciate it. It's been, this is a great episode. Uh, I know, huh? It's been fun, guys. Thank it's you. Always a lot of fun getting together with you. Thank you very much. <laughs> I don't even know where to go here. Uh, that's. Uh, if you don't know where to go in a segue, then my day is Burnside. B U R N S I D. My work here is done. Jeb Burnside. Jeb's a freelance aviation writer and editor, serving as the editor in chief of Aviation Safety. And may magazine. not live out the day. Yeah, I know. What you been working on, Jeb? Anything fun? What's uh, I know you're about to do the magazine. And, uh, about to do the magazine. Um, I'm just back uh, last week from the Aircraft Electronics Association uh, annual meeting um, in New Orleans. A good time was had by all. Um, and uh, after <coughs> suffering through some writer's block, um, um, very soon um, we will read about it uh, in, I think, the June issue of uh, uh, Avionics News, um, AEA's uh, monthly publication. Mm-hmm. Um, got two or three things going into that uh, magazine over the next couple of months, uh, uh, ADSB-related. Uh, um, and then, of course, uh, um, the May issue of Aviation Safety Magazine is getting put together, and uh, I would tell you what's going to be in it, but I don't have my notes in front of yeah, me. Yeah, I know. Let's, let's, let's put it that way. The, the, the internet connectivity down here is somewhat yeah. uh, strained. Yeah. And, uh, so, um, uh, so there's that, and um, uh, you never know where I might pop I up. I know, next. I know. And speaking of which, uh, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, that's a great question. Uh, AviationSafetyMagazine.com is kind of the day job. Uh, you can find my stuff on uh, AvWeb, on uh, AEA.net, on GeneralAviationNews.com, uh, and uh, pro- maybe you know on the on the bulletin board in the post office. We we don't know yet. And uh, my fellow wayward aviator, uh, Dave Higdon, is uh, Dave's an aviation photographer and aviation journalist, and the U.S. editor for London's Av Buyer magazine. What have you been working on, David? Well, I've got a, uh, a story once again in uh, the latest. Avionics News Magazine, uh, the April issue, which, according to my inbox, is already online and will probably be in my mailbox when I get home from this, on uh, on wiring in your aircraft and how to uh, determine when it's time to upgrade or all-out replace it and some of the reasons why changing in cockpit technologies is bringing this uh, issue more to the forefront because mm-hmm. as we get more and more dependent on electrical system to power our panels and and the uh, what did John Zimmerman call it the uh, termination uh, termination notice for the vacuum pump mm-hmm. uh, the uh, wiring becomes the uh, cardiovascular system or the circulatory system that uh, keeps the avionics hearts beating so uh, that's in the April avionics news and i can't even remember what yesterday's business aviation blog was about <laughs> you're deeply into vacation mode right now i can tell yeah you, you've kicked back it's refreshing to see him kick like this too. it is I, so many years i've seen him you know uh, um pounding away sitting on my my dining room table pounding away on his keyboard trying to get stuff done before the show starts and, but it, and, and pounding away on his keyboard during the show i know to get stuff uh, filed this year he's got all that stuff done beforehand he does and but, it's, it's very very uh, uh fun to, to watch him chill but 
um, so a, as hard as Dave works as a as a, a writing journalist, um, uh, uh, you know, written word journalist. Um, back in the day when he was a very active shooter, he was even a harder worker. I used oh, yeah. to. I remember. I remember looking out my window at the Super Eight at the air show up the road at six o'clock in the morning and seeing Dave headed out, loaded down with his camera gear, getting out to go shoot pictures at uh, around the field there, um, and. Dave's got himself some cool new photography gear this this year, and so he may be returning to working even harder as a shooter. But, uh, anyways, David, where can people find you and your work on the internet? Ah, uh, well, avbuyer.com for my uh, features for Avbuyer magazine and my weekly business aviation blog, uh, aea.net for my work in uh, avionics news, uh, and. Uh, a couple other places I appear, uh, my name's not really attached to it, so we'll just leave those as blind. But do a Google search and remember that I don't play golf and I'm not nearly qualified enough to be a theoretical physicist. So Dave Higdon in aviation, otherwise you'll get all three of us. There you go. There you go. And on the Twitter machine, I'm real Higdon. There you go. And I'm Jack Hodgson. I'm a private pilot, a freelance writer, and a digital media producer. Uh, you, uh, let's see now, I've been continuing to uh, create videos and, and post them uh, on YouTube. Uh, my latest one is not an aviation video, but uh, it, it might be interesting to you. Uh, I participated in a uh, in this uh, history walk through uh, Portsmouth, New Hampshire recently, and a friend of mine and I uh, explored all kinds of uh, back roads and, and big um, um, uh, landmarks around Portsmouth, and uh, I created a video about that. So that's there on my on my YouTube channel. Um, you can follow me on YouTube at uh, where I'm Jack Hodgson, all one word there, and or follow me on Twitter, also Jack Hodgson on Twitter. Sign up for my email newsletter uh, and learn more about me than you really wanted to know. All of that at jackhodgson.com. Big thanks to uh, Jeff Ward, uh, as you guys mentioned a minute ago, for his help with the show notes and in the forums. Thanks to Mike Morgan, Roy Searle, Jim Goldman, and so many other people who have created disclaimer clips and helped out the podcast in lots of different ways. Please support UCAP by making a repeating per-episode donation of any size via the online service Patreon. You can get all the details about this at patreon.com slash uncontrolledairspace. And while you're at it, go into iTunes, give us a review, uh, get a thumbs up, uh, check some stars. It really helps get the word out about the podcast. And you can follow the podcast on Twitter, where we are known as uh, twitter.com slash classgairspace. That's all one word, class, the letter G, airspace. You never know what might turn up there. You can listen to UCAP in the free section of Sporty's Pilot Shop's mobile app, Takeoff, along with other podcasts and special Sporty's content. And you can get UCAP hats, shirts, and other cool gear at the UCAP Swag Shop. That's at uncontrolledairspace.com slash store. And don't forget to check out the rest of the UCAP website. 11 years almost, almost 11 years worth of UCAP show notes and episode downloads. And last but not least, chat with, chat with us directly and with many of your fellow listeners in the booming, once again, Uncontrolled Airspace forums. All of that is at uncontrolledairspace.com. David, something you wanted to tell us. Seemed like only a decade ago when we started this. Uh, old age works for all of us here because we fly. It's because time spent flying is not subtracted from your lifespan. So get some air. Bye-bye. And that's enough talking. Let's go flying. How, 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 much, how much longer did you all say you were going to be here? <laughs>